When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Doing no one else can. Got me looking so crazy right now. You're just got me looking so 
Welcome to part two of your Monday episode. We did the Pop Culture Roundup with Sarah Heron, and now we have the second episode where I get to talk to Rue Powell, who her show, her second season of her show, Undercover Underage, premieres tonight on uh, Discovery Streaming, but it is also on Investigation Discovery or Discovery ID. Uh, and she is just fantastic. I've had her on before, and I think she what the work she's doing is just so important. So I'm going to do a couple of news stories up top and talk about what's on this week, and then we'll get to Rue. Remember, there are timestamps if you want to skip right to her. I totally get that. Um, I hope everybody is having a great start to their Monday. Uh, I hope it is not a rough re-entry to the week, but we got a long week ahead, and it's going to be a blast. I was thinking this. I was watching this documentary. Um, uh, it's called Meet Me in the Bathroom. Uh, it's on Showtime right now, and it's based off this nonfiction book about the New York music scene in the early 2000s uh, after 9-11. And it's the music scene that created like the Strokes, uh, Interpol, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, LCD Sound System, the like all of these really amazing bands that I so, so love. That was kind of like my time where I just loved all of that music. But this mu- this this book, Meet Me in the Bathroom, it is uh, takes in all of these accounts and interviews and pieces them together. And it's just a fantastic book that blew me away when it came out for, God, when did it come out? Five years ago? Well, they made a documentary about it and I finally got around to watching it this weekend and I just loved it. But uh, James Murphy, the lead singer of LCD Sound System, which is just in my top 10 bands of all time. He was talking because there was a scene in music in Brooklyn and Williamsburg in that area, but there wasn't really one in Manhattan. And he was talking about kind of being desperate, not desperate, but wanting to be a part of a scene, to create a scene, to find a scene to be a part of. And I think a lot of us do. I I was so that resonated with me. Like we're not musicians, right? Like I'm a podcaster, but there is that thing of like wanting to be a part of something bigger than yourself, wanting something special to be a part of, to be around all of this stuff, you know, and. And I was just, I sat there and I was thinking, and I was like, wait a sec, we are in a scene. This is a scene. Listen, you know, these shows, pop culture, we're a part of this big group that actually, I think, I mean, now I'm going to sound like a total dad here, but I think it's pretty darn cool. And I was like, this is cool. We wouldn't have had this 10 years ago. You're talking to me about a podcast that talks about reality shows and pop culture and 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 gets to talk to people like Rue Powell about the important work she's doing on uh, with her television show. I mean, I get to talk about music. I get to talk about books. I get to talk about anything I want. And then I have a, a listenership that is just as cool, if not cooler than I am. And when I say cool... I mean that we're all potentially dorks because, you you know, cool is not... I used to want to be cool, and I think cool, there's a fallacy in that. You're cool by just loving whatever it is the heck that you love and not being ashamed about it. Don't be ashamed about it. Wear this proudly. Let your freak flag fly. You know what I'm saying? This is great. We get to commune on a daily basis about all of these shows that we love. You get to agree or disagree with me, even though I'm usually right. I mean, that's this is kind of amazing. I sat there and got like, wow, we're going to look back one day and this is probably going to be a part of something. I mean, all you just thinking of all the amazing reality show podcast, pop culture podcasts out there. I mean, you got Danny's, you got uh, Watch What Crappens, you got uh, Sexy Unique podcast, you got Kate Casey. You've got, I mean, there's just so much dang good people out there doing this. And I think we're all chasing something when in reality it's here. 
It's right here. We're in it right now. And I think that is just something to celebrate so much. I was like, kind of like lifted my sails and I was like, wow, look at, this is really cool. Like I used to sit on my butt all day and watch TV for nothing, for nothing. I would just do it for my own sick enjoyment. And now I get to actually talk about it. What a gift. So let's talk about it a little bit. Let's talk about what we have this week coming up in TV. Now, of course, I watched Succession, which was its, uh, what was it? It's episode six tonight. And it was great. It was very cringeworthy because you have the two brothers, Roman and Kendall, trying to, uh, you know, steer the business uh, before they sell it. They don't want to sell it to Lucas Matson, And it is just cringeworthy because they have to do a presentation for investors and uh, press. And it is, you just think this is going to be the biggest train wreck ever. But it's a little bit of a slower paced episode than before, but still the dialogue is just as crisp. I was like, oh my God, am I liking this episode? And then afterwards I was like, oh, I definitely liked the episode when I was still thinking about the episode. I couldn't even start the new episode of Barry because I kept thinking about Succession. I kept thinking about it. And that's really what a special time in TV that we get to kind of sit there and pour over such great writing. And it's sad, though, because I can already tell that the end is probably going to be coming in less than four episodes. And I'm like, no, I can't. I can't do it, folks. Uh, so I watched that. Uh, Meet Me in the Bathroom, that documentary I just talked about, which I really dug. Um I also finally am making my way through Better Call Saul, the final season that just hit Netflix last week. And I forgot, you know, God, it is such a great show. Of course, the creators of Breaking Bad, and in some ways, it's a prequel to Breaking Bad, even though it flashes forward at times as well. Bob Odenkirk gives a career-making performance, a man who really was known for his comedy and just does such a heartbreaking, funny portrayal of Saul Goodman. And I just think it is so, so great. It almost is so good that if I had more time, I would go back and rewatch Breaking Bad, but I've got like four more episodes to get through. But do you ever do that with TV? You start, you know, you, I mean, obviously everybody does. That's what's called binging. But I really, I sat down on Saturday to watch one and I, I ended up watching three and I was like, nah, just, I'll just watch another one. I'll just watch another one. So I watched that and that. I'm really enjoying this season of Barry, even though it is one of the darker seasons uh, of TV out there. Um, 90 Day Fiance. Uh, I, I was watching it before I came in to finish my work on this. And it is just a mess. It is just, it's a mess. It's a mess. You know, the first part of the season when you're, you know, finding the new characters quirky and funny. And then you get to the end of the season and you're just like, just Put, put this show out of its misery, please. You wish there could be some ref that went in and just broke up with everybody for them. Like, sorry, you can't legally be with each other. Like, just say, like, sorry, green card's not happening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Because you're just like, you guys, how do I see it? How do we all see it so clearly that none of you guys potentially should be together except for, like, two couples? You know, like, come on. It is just painful to watch and we're so attracted to that pain sometimes also a major shout out to this season of uh life after lockup which ended this season on friday and i don't really get to talk a lot about the the shows uh over on the own network uh, and i don't really get to talk about 90 day fiance you know I'm, I'm pretty strict in what i cover um and also because like reality gaze and watch what crappens they cover all that stuff so so good but um 
the Life After Lockup show, you guys, my, what a season. It is one of those shows that I am giddy to watch every week, and I got sad. I legitimately, it's like it's like succession sad, but a different, like, we're just like, because I just enjoyed it. It made me laugh so much. It, like, it put, like, and it's another, it's another bunch of people that shouldn't be together. And I don't know, for some reason, these past two seasons of Love After Lockup and Life After Lockup has, you know, just spoke to me. And I've looked forward to Fridays every, like, I'll work throughout the week knowing that on Friday night I can have a glass of wine like a man, a Pinot Grigio, or a, a you know, or a buttery Chardonnay, and I will just watch Life After Lockup. And I love it. I love it. And I was sad, but then I realized with those shows, they usually don't let it like a month pass without another one coming. So I'm imagining we'll get a new season of probably uh, Love After Lockup soon, I'm guessing. I hope. But it is something I really, really recommend. It is... I would like to say it's just straight trash, but then sometimes it feels more than that. Sometimes there's a little piece in there where you'll actually go, man, we really are all alike as people, aren't we? Anyways, uh, okay, so Monday we have Below Deck Sailing Yacht on Bravo, which I am loving this season. Captain Glenn, Gary, Daisy, most of the crew is back. Um, we have a lot of newbies that I'm enjoying as well. So you have that. You, of course, have Summer House, another episode where we'll see Danielle and Lindsay's relationship falter even more. Uh, always a good time over there. And by the way, I recapped this past week's Summer House as well as every episode of Summer House this season over on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Um, and we also did a live Patreon where you can watch that as well, where uh, everybody got to participate and ask questions. Uh, but yeah, just join up over there. A couple bucks a month to get you access to everything. And also, if you like these shows, make sure to remember to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, I'll be in Arizona this week with my family for the next couple of weeks. So I'll give you updates. And I think, you know, my mom mom's feeling pretty good right now. She's uh, taking a lot of pain meds. <laughs> She's finally following the doctor's orders. And so I think maybe you might even hear from my mom this week if things go well. Um, no pressure on her, but I, I, I mean... It would be lovely to be able to hear her. Um, so we got that on Monday, right? And then Tuesday, of course, you have Real Housewives of New Jersey. That's another show that is just hot. Like, I get nervous to watch Jersey. Like, it's one of those things where Jersey is immensely watchable and it is getting good ratings. There is a rumor that everybody has been asked back, even though, except Jackie, who was a friend of, got demoted to being completely off the show. I don't know whether to believe these things. I'll hear it eventually or I'll see it on Bravo. But if they signed every one of those girls back, I think that is just a huge mistake. I But at the same time, you can't argue with it because if we're watching it, if the ratings are solid, they're not going to just yank the cast. Uh, listen, they're in it to make money at the end of the day. They're not in it to make art. And I think it's a huge mistake to not shake this cast up. But listen, if they, if they, you know, listen, they, I, I, res I respect Bravo TV very much. So of course, you know, do, do, do what you will. Bravo TV. Um, and then, of course, Wednesday, we've got Vanderpump Rules. Vanderpump Rules. And also, Kristen Doty returns to watch What Happens Live Wednesday night. 
uh, insanely exciting. I believe Top Chef is on Thursday. And then, this is exciting, I believe we're finally here on Sunday. You are going to get a double dose of good because you're going to have the season premiere of Real Housewives of Atlanta, which I'm very excited about. I got the screener in my mailbox, so I'm going to be watching that this week. And I found out I have the screener as well. I was reminded about this on the Patreon, and I checked, and I have it, is you have Southern Charm spinoff, Southern Summer Summer House Martha's Vineyard. So you have a double trouble on Atlanta, uh, sorry, double trouble on Sunday nights with both of those shows. And I'm looking forward to both of those shows immensely. Now, over on Netflix, you have John Mulaney's new comedy special, Baby J, which I really, I watched and I really liked. Uh, it does deal with uh, his drug addiction and rehab, but I thought it, it's still so many great laughs, so much stuff to really dig into. And I really, really thought that was uh, great as well. A lot of you guys probably have already seen it. Um, but yeah, that was definitely worth watching, I think. Now, a couple of things that are on streaming services right now uh, that uh, people are watching or people potentially are not watching. You got Citadel over on Amazon Prime. Uh, that is with Richard Mad Madden and Priyanka, Priyanka Chopra, which is, uh, you know, the Jonas Brothers' uh, wife. Not all of them, of course. Um, you have the movie that I really want to see based on the Judy Bloom book, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, that came out this past weekend. I really want to see that, as well as the movie... Uh, Bo is Afraid, Walking Phoenix, directed by Ari Aster, who did Midsommar and Hereditary, which I thought both of those movies are on just the top top of my list in terms of horror films. And just I think Ari Aster is such a talented director. Uh, somebody Somewhere you have returning for their second season with comedian Bridget Everett over on HBO Max. Uh, this, by the way, Sarah Heron talked about on the first episode, The Last Thing He Told Me, which is uh, Jennifer Gardner's series based on the best-selling book. You have a new show on Peacock called Mrs. Davis. Uh, Betty Gilpin from Glow is Simone, a nun who despises a popular artificial intelligence technology referred to as Mrs. Davis. However, when Mrs. Davis informs Simone that she must go on a hunt for the Holy Grail, it sends her on a wild adventure she never expected. Are we potentially getting too, uh, too free with our shows? Like, are we... We might, that sounds really extreme. I don't know. Let me know if you guys have seen that. Should we get into Mrs. Davis? Now, this is interesting on Amazon Prime as well. You have Dead Ringers with um, Rachel Weisz, uh, the amazing actor, where Dead Ringers, by the way, is a, based on a David Cronenberg film from the 80s with Jeremy Irons, who played twins. Now, this is updated, so Rachel Weisz plays the twins, and I remember the movie Scared. The movie was just very unsettling. Um, but really, really amazing. David Cronenberg is another filmmaker that just will knock your socks off, but very can be very upsetting. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to watching that. That is a, that is definitely what I'm going to check out also on HBO max, or they're just calling it max. Now love and death where, uh, you got Elizabeth Olsen playing the lead in that. And this is a mini series from HBO. And then this is the top of the charts on Netflix right now is the diplomat. The diplomat is a political drama starring Carrie Russell, which by the way, Carrie Russell, you got her on Felicity, the Americans, one of the best shows I watched during the pandemic. I just binged the hell out of that. But The Diplomat is a really adult political thriller. And uh, you hear political and you're like, ah, I'm out. But supposedly this is really good. So you might want to check that out as well. There is so much good TV out there, folks. What are you watching? Please, please tell me what you're watching. Let me know what I should be watching. We should 
keep some kind of database where everybody can just add in what they're watching because there's just so much good stuff out there. It really is. It can never, like, there is so, I wish they would just make a bad year of TV so we would be encouraged to go out and just live our lives. But you're like, sorry, too much TV. I've always held this theory that if heaven exists, I hope they have the cloud service up there. Because if you would assure me that I could watch every TV show or movie that I have not seen, I would be, it would make dying a lot more palatable for me. I mean, I also say the same thing about prison multiple times on this show. The moment that they get streaming services in prison and I can have my own tablet, I'm sorry. I'm probably going to like do some kind of financial crime like Jen Shaw, just period. I mean, that you can't pass up that kind of time in prison to read watch everything. I hope heaven's a lot like that. Uh, and now that I've probably offended everybody, <laughs> also a reminder that tonight, like I said, is the Met Gala. We will be doing a YouTube video and also be doing a segment on the show about that because, you know, you got to take your fashion advice from somebody that strictly wears Old Navy, um, which, by the way, very excited. I got two. Um, I got a gift certificate from a listener, Amy, who's amazing. And uh, I'm, I got two hoodies from Old Navy. That's right. Your boy is back to shopping all Old Navy online. Very, very excited. Thank you so much, Amy. And listen, let's get to our guest. Um, I wanted to give her the respect uh, and the time and, and kind of throw right to her immediately because this is, by the way, immediately, we're like 20 minutes in, but listen, you guys are listeners of the show. You know I'll go an hour just talking about what's up. But what's up to me is Rue Powell. I think she is doing <clears throat> such amazing work. I don't know if you were able to see the first season of her show, Undercover Underage. Now, I will specify that you don't need to see the first season of her show to know what is happening in the second season. Um, but Rue Powell is just a fascinating uh, person that does amazing work. She started this group called SOSA, which stands for Safe from Online Sex Abuse. And she does this really important work where she identifies some of the internet's most dangerous child predators. Because every day we know that children are exploited online. They're groomed and abused, uh, not just online, but in person. But uh, Rue and her team, they try to identify and bring these people to justice. It is really important work. Now, I got to talk to her for the first season and watch the whole season on that one. I've only seen the first two episodes of this, um, but what the fascinating thing she does, and I explained it in the interview as well, but just to remind, is that uh, they use decoys. So it's it's much different from how to catch a predator in some ways. I mean, Rue was, she herself was the decoy in the first season. Now in the second season, they're using other decoys. And we talk about that, about actually hiring actors to portray younger people. And it's really, I mean, from an acting background myself, I just am blown away by that. But it is just such dark material. But they're transforming these people into underage girls to uh, engage with ACMs and ACMs stand for adults contacting minors on social media. There's all this verbiage with it too, but it is really wild, but immensely watchable. And I think it's really, really important. And I think it can spur some really important conversations because I know a lot of my listeners have families. They have younger sons and daughters and people that live online, not live, but really, you know, my, my nephew and niece, they love to 
be online. I mean, honestly, they, I don't even know if they knew who I am, you know, because they're always on their computers when I'm there, but you want them to be able to play and explore, um, you know, explore the World Wide web without fear of being abused. You would think that would be a no-brainer, but there's a lot of uh, of sick people out there in the world. And that's why we need people like RuPaul, and that's why we need shows like Undercover Underage. Now, Undercover Underage premieres, like I said, tonight, um, and it is on uh, Discovery ID, or ID Discovery, I'm sorry, and it is streaming on Discovery Plus as well. So, so many ways to watch it. But I, I really strongly put my support around shows like this that are actually doing good work, because this show, this season led to a bunch of arrests, which we talk about as well. So here she is. I think she, by the way, she followed me on Instagram and I always like, and I'm like, sometimes I get embarrassed because I make silly reality show memes, even though you guys know this is a very serious podcast at times. And I try to uh, highlight all sorts of shows, but I was like, wow, I've got a real, I've got like, cause I just, I, I really am a huge fan of the work she does. And I hope, uh, she is proud of herself as well because it's, it's really dark work. And I know she has a family of her own, but anyways, here she is for the second time on so bad. It's good. Rue Powell from the show undercover under age. Welcome back to iHeartRadio So Bad It's Good. Today we have a returning guest and I couldn't be more thrilled. Even though this is a very sensitive topic, uh, I believe our guest handles this with such grace and aplomb and it is such an important topic. You as as moms and dads of their children, this is a show that you need to be aware of. The things that are happening with online Sex abuse is so important. It's very scary to talk about and to think about, but it's the reality of the situation out there in America today. And our next guest in a TV show that is having its second season, I'm so thrilled it is having its second season. Uh, you can find it on ID, ID and Discovery. Uh, the show is called Undercover Underage, season two. It is premiering Monday, May 1st, um, and... Our guest started uh, a thing called SOSA, which is a nonprofit safe from online sex abuse. And this show uh, kind of takes you into capturing sexual predators. And they do it in a very interesting way, which I'm going to walk through uh, that with our guest. Um, her name is Rue Powell, and she's been here once before, but she is back today. Thank you so much for being here today, Rue. Thank you so much for having me. Now, uh, you didn't get to hear when I bragged about all of your accomplishments, but this is such an intense subject matter. It's not like something that you ever feel comfortable, I would imagine, bragging about because this is such important work. Oh, I ruin every birthday party I go to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, ultimately, I, I don't if I'm in like new company or polite company, I genuinely I generally don't say what I do. I'm just like, oh, I'm in the nonprofit sector and kind of leave it as that because, you know, it's it's dark. It's dark stuff. So, um, yeah, I try not to, uh, traumatize every person I meet. Well, I mean, but I will say I, I watched the first two episodes of the second season and I'd watched all the episodes of the first season and it immediately took me back to that place. It is a very tense show to watch. Um, and I will say, give credit to the editors, to the mu music, to your team of people. It tells a very important story and it tells it with this really kind of amazing pacing, but it really puts you in that. And I, I thought last time, I just can't imagine you or your team living in that space and having such real consequences if you guys fail in your work. Yeah, it is. 
it is harrowing, largely because we all know what's on the line. So we do these decoy sprints, even if they're not being televised. We just went, we did one, a short one back in February, and it was me and one person on our team. We had a, um, we received a $5,000 grant and we wanted to show them what we could do with $5,000. So we went to another city and we were there for four days and we had five arrests in four days. And then, you know, pending arrests. And so, you know, two more arrests have happened since. And, um, you know, when you're in the middle of it, when you're in the midst of it, it's all you can think about. And, you know, you kind of have to remind yourself that there's good stuff happening in the world too. Yeah. I mean, five arrests in four, that's, that's insane. And then this season, it all takes place, I believe. Is it Oklahoma? Is that? Mm -hmm. It's in Canadian County, Oklahoma. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because, um, uh, in comparison to season one, season one happened mostly in Connecticut and different states have different laws. So there are different sex abuse laws in different states, different grooming statutes, different ages of consent. So that's why it's really important for us to work with law enforcement in that area, because there are different rules of engagement. There are different, um, you know, uh, needs for prosecution. Now, I noticed uh, in the first season, you were putting yourself directly as, I mean, you do look so young. Uh, you were putting yourself as the decoy a lot of the times. And what you notice in the first episode of this season, you are using other people that you work with as the decoy. And, you know, there is one girl in the first episode into the second that I believe she's portraying a 12-year-old. And she does it so well. The nervousness and the, the, the innocence that that, I mean, how do you even go about... I mean, like I, I grew up as an actor. How do you grow, go about casting this? It is such dark material. I mean, a man yeah. exposes himself, by the way, this is all blurred out folks, right. but he exposes himself on it. And it's like, how do you know that this is the right person that can pull this off? Well, the nerves are real every time we do it where, I mean, if, if she's pretending to be nervous, like that, that's one thing that we can lean into because, you know, usually a young girl is nervous talking to a stranger online for the first time. And we're nervous in the moment for other reasons. Um, you know, we do use a lot of uh, digital editing to make ourselves look younger. And that definitely helps because the entire time we're talking with an ACM, an adult contacting a minor, the concern is, am I going to blow it? Is he going to look at me and be like, you have an AARP card? You know, you're definitely an adult. <laughs> Jeez. And, um, and, and the two people that we, we, we cast actors, like we had actors come on and they're, they're trained and, you know, they have, um, acting resumes and we really had to go through like, this is what this is about. This is what you'd be portraying. Are you okay with this? And even, you know, I felt very protective of them because, you know, I, I know what it's like doing this. And it's, I'm essentially asking these young people like, Hey, do you want to come along and be traumatized together? That's what um, it is. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely deal with feelings about that. And so we, you know, we put some rules into place. Like I, you, you'll never see a video call where I'm not right there. Right. Yeah. Now. You guys, she is right there. She has like a whiteboard she's writing on, like giving notes and things like that. And it kind of adds to that intensity, but it is weird. I want to explain the show a little bit for people that haven't watched. It is such a dark topic, but they, they tr it's like a Mission Impossible team. Like there's somebody on social media. There's somebody's dressing the room. There's somebody, there's a whole team of people that is gathered in this house with the sole purpose of catching these predators. Mm -hmm. And it is taking it a step way beyond what like the old days of To Catch a Predator, all of those Dateline NBC shows. This is the next evolution because social media and the internet didn't exist the way it does now. And you guys are on the cutting edge, it seems like, of that. Um, 
Is it shocking to you between the first and the second season? Have you noticed any kind of difference in uh, online predators in the last couple of years? Is it is it changing in any way? Well, you know, it, re- it definitely changed over the course of the pandemic. And the reason why is because so many kids moved to being heavily online because of school. And then so many predators were working from home and they also all, all of a sudden have more time and access. So there was definitely an uptick over the course of the pandemic. Between season one and season two, it's not really that so much has changed. It's just that it's new stories to add to the fold, um, new horrors to be seen, to be honest. Um, you'll see that in season two. So we have this uh, 12-year-old decoy and there are levels of sophistication, and we find that the people that are the most insidious are very, very careful, and they are successful because they've been caref- so careful for so long. And those are the cases that really kind of keep me up at night because we need to get this person. We know that they're bad. They're reaching out to multiple of our decoys. They're very active online, but they're not telling us the truth about anything. We end up getting one guy who is, you know, he shows up to a meet with a 12-year-old and he has a stuffed animal on the front seat for her. And then, you know, you find out that he has a 12-year-old daughter of his own. And then you also find out that he's a foster parent. And, you know, it's just like, it's it's one horror after another, because especially because you kind of assume that, like, you know, we watch CSI or Law and Order, and a lot of times predators look like bad guys. They look like creepy guys yeah. in a basement, yeah. the troll under the bridge. But then there's some of these that are very nice dads, family men. They are foster parents. They have uh, respected jobs in society. They are good communicators. They're conventionally attractive. They're the guy behind us in Trader Joe's. And I think that what is probably going to be shocking for shocking for viewers is one, how normal a lot of them seem, but then two, how insidious it actually is. Yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine the people that are the most successful at this, which is the the last thing you want to be successful at are very charming, average people that you wouldn't pull out of a lineup. And that's how they're able to like keep going. And that's why work like yours is so important. Um, because this stuff needs to come to light and parents need to be very aware how much is happening out there and online. Is that part of the attraction of doing a show like this? Is that, I mean, I I would imagine the number one is that you get to share your story and show the reality of what is going on out there for parents. I mean, it's the only reason why I said yes to it. Um, When the production company first approached, I was like, oh, you know, the idea of being on television and having yeah. someone to follow us around, that, that feels really weird. But then they said, imagine reaching 1 million people per week. And and this really does feel like something that there's not a ton of awareness about because, you know, you and I did not have Snapchat when we were in high school. Like our parents were not worried about us being on Snapchat in high school and meeting some stranger. And now this is, you know, this is the wild, wild west. So um, the idea of being able to reach so many people and raise awareness in order to kind of inspire a society to protect kids together is really is, is really wonderful. And in fact, I love that a lot of parents will watch this show with their teens. 
That's what I was going to ask. Do you think this is like that? You know, it's I think we had talked about this last time and I know you have your own family. But is this something that you would recommend parents watching with their kids to make them aware really of what is the reality of out that's out there right now? Yeah, your, your mileage may vary depending on like what you are okay with your kids watching. I mean, if your kids watch Marvel movies, I think it's okay for them to watch yeah. undercover <laughs> underage. It really depends. Um, I have, uh, you know, two of my teenagers have watched at least a couple episodes. It's a little bit different because I feel weird because it's, it's mom they're watching. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but ultimately, you know, I do think it is a really powerful tool for starting those conversations about online safety because it's there's like there seems to be like such a divide and when I talk to parents I'm like hey if your kids on TikTok like just get TikTok and poke around and just get an idea of, of what it's like if your kids on Snapchat you know try using Snapchat then you can understand and if it's less foreign to you then it's less scary it's less like the big bad guy and these are conversations that you can have with your kids um And I think the reason why that's also so important is because if something happens... Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I gotta tell you, the quality is great, because Quince has all... All the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the... Must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? 
<sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. A kid needs to be able to go to someone without feeling like they're going to be shamed and blamed. Exactly. This should, this does need to be brought out in the light and doesn't need to be as taboo as I think we make it as a society because it is the reality of what is out there right now. So this show treats it as a very, you know, a very real reality. And the more we do talk about it, I think the more kids will wind up being safer. But yeah, there is that secret shame that a lot of kids have if they do get themselves into a situation like this because they don't know. Yeah. And, and I, I remember I was speaking to, cause I, I often speak to parents and they'll usually call if there's like some sort of crisis, but I talked to one parent and she said, you know, and he instructed her to delete photos and she did that. And I've lost trust in her. And, you know, she's talking about a very young girl, like, you know, under 12. And I said, if you reframe that, and instead of, you know, looking at it, like your child broke your trust, could it be that this very manipulative man this criminal coerced your kid into doing something because he's been grooming her. And I think that like that shift in thinking, because of course parents are upset. Like, what were you doing? You know, what were you thinking? How could you do this? But it's not about being a good kid or like a smart kid. It's just about, you know, you're a kid on the internet and you know, their frontal lobe isn't fully formed yet. And these guys are so aggressive. I mean, I, and I, I hope that undercover underage highlights just how aggressive and how sneaky and how, um, you know, just how insidious all of it is. It's, well, but also uh, how good they are at doing what they do, you know, yeah. is that they, you know, the, the different tactics that they, like you had mentioned earlier that they employ is that they are, they are assuming that they're going to get 30 billion different questions and they're going to get the trust of somebody, uh, uh that's very, very young. Um, when you did the second season signing up for that, I mean, and I thought the first two episodes, it really does this great job of not sensationalizing any of this, telling kind of the hard truth. But at the same time, this is a show that I think is, I mean, it really does move along. And at the end of the first episode, you guys out there of the second season uh, ends with this guy singing. And it is so eerie because the guy, the predator is singing to the underage girl and it is so just eerie. And it gives you this like really horrific feeling, but through all of this, you were able to make how many arrests this season? It was like, I, I read the figure and it was insane. Yes. So there were some arrests that were, um, that, that aren't being, t I think on the show, I think you might see, I want to say 15 arrests, but I'm not entirely sure. I'll have to, I'll look that up, but we had more arrests that, you know, weren't necessarily on camera or, um, a lot of cases that were extradited if they weren't, uh, in Oklahoma. So you, I mean, so great things are coming from this show, even without people watching it, real like consequences are being had out there. Um, has anybody, I mean, this would sound such so bizarre, but after the first season, were you getting recognized at all? Were you like, I mean, or is that kind of people yeah. probably wouldn't come up to you about that? Like I saw you on undercover underage. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I mean, especially online with perpetrators, no, nobody recognized me. I always say that like, even if a hundred thousand predators watch the show, there are a hundred thousand predators that haven't watched the show. And, and, and more than that, um, the only time I got recognized was I think like at a nail salon and, you know, I got a DM on Instagram later, like, Hey, are you in Oklahoma for like a thing? I'm like, 
no, I'm just passing through <laughs> for a thing. Oh my God. Were, were yeah. you getting your nails done? Now is my favorite part of the show when I get to talk about our sponsors. And this week, so bad it's good, we have a new sponsor and I am so ridiculously happy about this sponsor. I've actually talked about this sponsor before on this show. It is Ship Station. Now, if that name sounds familiar, it should. Because Shannon Bedore uh, uses Ship Station. Wolfgang Puck uses Ship Station. Ryan Bailey uses Ship Station. And hopefully, after today, you will use Ship Station as well. So I'm going to explain what ShipStation is, but I have a feeling if you listen to this show, you already know what it is because of Miss Shannon Bedore. Now listen, our economy has been a challenge, right? Everybody is feeling it. No one knows what the future holds. Each month there is a new surprise. So to keep your business thriving, and I am speaking to you, small business owners, you need to find ways to save money without cutting corners. And when it comes to having a small business, every little bit helps when it comes to saving money. Now, ShipStation gives you access to discounts of up to, get this, 84% off USPS and UPS rates, and you can manage every order from one simple-to-use dashboard. So when you lower your shipping costs and make returns easy, your customers stay happy while you save money. Now, listen, I had uh, Hello Harlot on last Monday, on last Monday's episode. She talked about the Homeless Not Toothless event, and she, by the way, she just put out the Scandaval Coloring Book. We were just talking about it last week's episode, but she is a small business. This is perfect for her. If you run an Etsy store, a, you have a Shopify account, all of these things, ShipStation is perfect for. This is perfect for my Patreon we send out holiday cards. We send out merchandise. ShipStation is something that is perfect for us, and it can be perfect for you, too. I know a lot of my listeners out there do have actual small businesses, so I personally endorse this. It is so easy to set up your ShipStation account. Um, you can even go to the dashboard, and you can manage every one of your orders. It, it's so ridiculously simple. All you do is sign up for an account, and by the way, not to bury the lead, but today you will get a 60-day free trial through So Bad It's Good. But you set up an account, and it's really simple. You go there, there's a, a couple of different things on the dashboard. You got your insights, your orders, your shipments, your products, your customers, your scan, and you can click on each one of these, and it can take you through all of your orders, what is shipped, what has been canceled, order alerts. It is so easy to use, but it is perfect for small businesses. And saving up to 84%, that is insane. So during the holiday time last year, we sent out all of these holiday cards and we had to pay full price for all of our postage. Now, you don't, we don't have to do that anymore. I mean, there was like, you know, you're talking about like 600 people or something like that. This is a big savings. So, Get up to 84% off USPS and UPS rates. And if that's not enough, like I said, use my promo code to try ShipStation free for two months. There's over 130,000 companies that have grown their e-commerce business with ShipStation. And 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. My gosh, you, you, Shannon Vidor is a customer. That's all you need to know. Ryan Bailey. I mean, that's that's a close second. All your shipping handled is in a single dashboard, like I just said. 
it effortlessly integrates everywhere you sell online. So if you sell on Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, anywhere, it integrates directly into your ShipStation account. You can manage each order from one simple dashboard. You can automate routine shipping tasks. You can print shipping labels, easily compare rates and delivery times to optimize every shipment and automate delivery notifications. I mean, this is a small business owner's geek dream. And with enterprise solutions that make warehouse optimization easy, ShipStation scales when you do. So worry less about the bottom line when you save money with ShipStation. Go to ShipStation.com and use code SOBAD. I know, guys, I know this is so great, so good, but we're going to use the product code SOBAD because that's the first two words of my title. So use that today. Sign up for your free 60-day trial. That is ShipStation.com. So bad. By the way, wouldn't it be great if anybody, somebody listening to this, this is like they don't have a small business, but they're like, you convinced me with that ad to start a small business because I need to save 84% off. So once again, ShipStation.com, code so bad. That's also going to be on the description on the show notes. So get a 60-day free trial, www.shipstation.com forward slash so bad. And thank you to ShipStation for sponsoring the show. I geek out about this for real. And I'll tell you just personally, you know it's a good company when they want to do an onboarding call with you where they walk you through the product and ask if you have any questions and they seem excited about it too. And that really gets me excited because I just, I really love people that are passionate about their products, whatever it may be. And this one seems awesome. I mean, it, and ShipStation has a lot to be passionate about because it's an amazing product. But once again, don't take my word for it. Take Miss Shannon Bedore's word for it. Anyways, all the information is in there. 60 day free trial. Try it today. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) You had this really amazing moment too in the uh, one of the episodes where you do have a phone call from your daughter and it immediately puts the audience into this reminder that you have your own family, that you do have your own, uh, you know, you're a mom, that you're, you know, and I really thought that was such a really nice moment to share because it did remind you that like, yeah, you have your own thing going on and you're doing that on top of this. But you even said that, you know, having her kind of reminds you of why you do this on a daily basis. Yeah. When I look at like, when I look at these decoys, realizing that they're playing the same ages as my kids. Right. And sometimes that's my point of reference. Like, oh, my daughter wouldn't know what that is. Or yeah, my daughter definitely knows what that is. Um, it, It is difficult. You know, I chose, I choose to do this work and I choose to you know, be away or help law enforcement or kind of be in this environment that can be really, frankly, awful. My kids didn't choose this. And so there's always this element of like, you know, mom's not here because she's doing this thing. And so I always feel like they are, they are sacrificing in a way too. The older ones, you know, they're starting to get it now, especially as they see stuff happen online or they see, um, they watch the show. But yeah, it is, it, it's, it always hits home and um, it is difficult, but we do it not just for our own kids, but for the sake of all kids, right? Well, even when the cameras are off though, you continue to do this work. You were doing this work even before the television show. Mm-hmm. Is there any way you can share with us the inciting incident or what got you in to creating Sosa in the first place? Yeah, I, you know, um, 
there's always this like uh, question of, you know, was I bit by a radioactive spider or like what made me want to do this or, you know, what's my villain origin story? But- You're really into Marvel, by the way. I want to point out you brought up superheroes now twice in this interview. I actually, uh- I actually don't know the difference between DC and Marvel and I always oh. mix them up and I get in trouble for that. So, um <laughs> No, I mean, I think that a lot of us and, you know, a lot of women specifically um, do have a story from when they were younger of what it was like to maybe not online, but walking down the street or, you know, going to um, a friend's house and some older guy maybe had a couple beers and said something and you're only 12 years old or 13 years old and you just feel ugh and gross and ashamed and you don't want to tell anyone about it because it just feels you know, you're embarrassed. And, and I think that that's kind of a mild version of it. But I think that so many women know that experience. And for me, it's knowing that there are lots of kids out there that get abused online. And they don't want to tell anyone because they're too scared to because they're too ashamed. And thinking about kids feeling isolated, and feeling like they don't have anyone to talk to and just kind of living with that shame for years, uh, that's really what was the impetus of starting this. It's, you know, I just, I'm a firm believer that every kid needs someone in their corner. And how do you do that when, you know, parents or parents or adults, like, don't even really know what the issue is. If I said to you, if somebody said to me ages ago, do you know that kids can be abused without ever being in the same room as an abuser? I, that would have seemed too abstract to me. Like, what do you mean? But kids are being abused and they never even have to meet their abuser. And, you know, it is so pervasive. And I, if I could hand a parent a phone and just like post a picture online and show how quickly these messages come in or how vile they get so quickly. And then you kind of have to imagine yourself being a 12 year old and reading these messages. You know, I have a lot of um, compassion for these kids that are going through this. We have lots of messages after the show came out season one. So many people said it wasn't until watching undercover underage or watching a couple episodes that I realized the abuse I went through was not my fault. And that's, that's a big, that's a big thing for us. Like that's, that's enough for me, you know, knowing that some people, they, they found some sort of healing and realizing that this happens. Abuse is not their fault. And, you know, they, they've, the idea of just kind of sitting with it for years, that, that, that that's, it's heartbreaking. So it can, really is. Yeah. I mean, when you were growing up though, were you always the kind of person that just got things done? I mean, like, how did you know that this would be your life's work and you could be effective in this, not to say this will be your life's work, but to me, this is such a, an amazing thing that you're doing and have done. But were you always this type of person that like you got stuff done? Like huh. you, you were in charge and all that stuff, because I think well, this takes such a strong person to do this. Um, you know, uh, prior to this, I've, I've been a career long writer and there are certain things that really uh, resonated with me. And so I have been in Southeast Asia with different NGOs and I was, um, uh, in brothels with undercover investigators writing about sex trafficking, or I've written about like the refugee crisis. And really just, uh, I think anything where somebody is vulnerable and needs a voice and, uh, which maybe seems like very much save the children. And I don't mean to sound quite like that, but, um, uh, no, I mean, I feel like I was, uh, always just a pretty normal average, you know, go to work and get things done kind of person. But this, really spoke to me. Um, and I don't think you have to be a parent 
to to care about this. And I don't. Think oh God, no, you do not. I mean, you really. I, I'm not. A, I have a niece and nephew though, and my niece. I think I, my niece is 13 years old, and she doesn't have Instagram yet. I'm already scared for that, and then I'm scared for and she's getting taller and and you know, like I get scared yeah. for her. And I was talking to my sister about this, about how this kind of stuff happens. And she says, you have no idea, you know, like they'll get on discord. They'll get on all of these, uh, internet things. And they're just having full blown conversations with people. They have no idea if they're telling the truth, who they are in the first place. Oh, totally. I mean, I, I did this, uh, trust and I did this session with a, a trust and safety team for another app. And, um, they were, they've been, they said, Hey, we've been dealing with a lot of online predators on our app. And so of course you think like, Oh, is it like a dating app? Is it, um, you know, some sort of like social media, like photo based social media app. It's a coloring book app. It's a it's a an app for coloring. It's a kids coloring book app. And so even the most innocuous, benign parts of the internet, like where you know you you put a coloring book app in an iPad and you hand it to a kid, and you know you assume that it's going to be fine. It's any any place online where you can communicate with someone. Somebody is going to try to use that in order to abuse a kid. I've seen it on words with friends. You know, it, it's it's wild. Um, so yeah, even uh, when you think about like your your niece and nephew and, and that age range is just so it's hard already. Like being a thirteen year old girl is hard enough, and then to deal with this too is, you know, something else. So these are yeah. All- I have no reference point, like you said. Snapchat didn't exist when mm-hmm. I was. I mean, Facebook barely existed. I mean, none of this existed, and I and we were already being warned about don't take candy from strangers, don't go sure. to get into the unmarked van, and this yeah. is so much more extreme now. It seems well, like. It's all- because your parents only had to worry about the guy in the unmarked van that lived near you. And now there yeah. are all these guys and all these unmarked vans all over the world and they could reach out to a kid at any point, right? Like but that's the power of this show. The power of this show, though, is that it reaches everywhere, too, is that you have to combat that with things like under, you know, undercover, underage. I think that's why this is such an important show and it really does open that conversation. Like, that's what you want is, like you said, to spark that conversation, bring it out into the light. I have two more things as we start winding down though uh i was watching on discovery plus uh like a month or so ago the jared from subway mm. um docu-series or the and and you know i, I was curious because it was just so disgusting to me so much of that and he is in prison right now but it was you know you saw some of the legal system at play uh is there rehabilitation for these people do you believe in rehabilitation and i know the show doesn't cover that but it's just something that's on my mind after watching that documentary because eventually he'll get out and i hate to be this person but i just don't wouldn't trust him as far as i could throw him yeah i mean i think there is um i i I think rehabilitation doesn't necessarily mean you also have to continue to trust that person. You know, in fact, I, I do think rehabilitation can, ap- can happen. Uh, recidivism rates are really hard to track, especially because a lot of people don't report sex abuse, right? So because all of this goes underreported, how can you really accurately calculate recidivism rates? Um, as far as rehabilitation goes, like, I hope so. I mean, there are people that we have caught that are serving time, you know, four years, five years. And my biggest hope is that they are being rehabilitated and they are getting the help that they need. In fact, I hope that undercover underage reaches people that are either, you know, messing around online or they're thinking about it or they realize they have a proclivity to harm a child. And for them to go, wait a minute. Okay, I realize something is wrong here. I need to go get help. 
before a child is ever abused. Like I, that, that is my hope for Undercover Underage because people ask, well, aren't you afraid predators are watching? No, I hope they do. I hope they do. And I hope that they wonder that every time they talk to a 14 year old girl, if it's a 55 year old dude named Don sitting in a police station, you know? And I hope that they, I hope that they get help. I hope they get help and they're able to prevent that. You know, that's, that's a win all around. You had mentioned earlier about the, uh, you know, different laws in different states and, you know, uh, you have to deal with different ones in each place you go to. What What is the next law or we need to get on the books? What is the thing that we can do as a society or what are you pushing for next that's going to make your job that much easier? Well, I do think, you know, um, there, are, there are grooming statutes that are state by state. So, for example, I do think it should be illegal in every state for a guy to approach a 10-year-old girl for photos of her feet for lascivious reasons. because That's a no-brainer. But that's not the case. Um, it's In some places, it's considered creepy, but not a crime, because he's not asking for CSAM, child sex abuse material. He's asking for photos of her feet. We know what he's doing with those photos. I think that should be a crime, certainly. I also think that the age of consent should be 18 across the board. In a lot of states, it's 16. And in most states, it's 16. But if 18 is the arbitrary age that someone is an adult and can vote and can smoke a cigarette and can, you know, fight for our country, then that should also be the age where they decide whether or not it's okay to, um, you know, date a 65-year-old or receive dudes from one, right? Um, I can't tell you how many times we say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm 15. Okay, well, when do you turn 16? Okay, well, how, how many more months until you turn 16? And, you know, mm. just across the board, I think it would be great. But that's one woman's opinion, but I would love to see the age of... That's a good opinion. Wait, that's wait, that's a good opinion. That's not that crazy. <laughs> I'm like, I love that you're like, that's just me being crazy. But I think that's a really great opinion to have. And I think that's why this show can do good things. Like, this show is doing good things. Um, uh, did you immediately want to come back for a second season? And would you do a third? I... You know, I think that I just I saw the um, response to season one. And I think that because it was we were able to really help people, even people that had just been abused. I think season two is going to help a lot of people. Uh, I would certainly I would most likely do a season three if they asked, um, simply because I think that the more that people are the more that people find out about this, the more that people are knowledgeable, then the more that we can kind of empower each other to protect all kids. Yeah, um, that's amazing. And I guess uh, in in a, in a lighter note, I asked this last time, but what what are you watching or listening to to pull you out of the dregs of the people that you sometimes have to work around? And I don't mean your team. Your team is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, she has a whole team, like I explained earlier, you guys. It really is they all treat it so very seriously, but it is a team job that they, they show on these episodes. But what do you decompress it with? We know it's not superhero movies, so what no. is it? <laughs> um, I uh, watch a lot of stand-up comedy, and, uh, <laughs> and I've become a full-fledged cat lady. It's just one cat, but I'm Ugh. super into her. So like it's just like <laughs> me and my cat and like sometimes SNL, and that's, that's where I've been. <laughs> Okay, that's good. That's good. Um, uh, you guys, the show, Undercover Underage, May 1st. Uh, it is on ID, but it is also going to be streaming the same day on Discovery+. Plus. 
I think this is a very important show. I think this does spurn conversation. Uh, I also want to emphasize this does not sensationalize this. This brings this stuff out into the light. But it is a highly watchable show. It moves at a certain clip. The editing is really tight. The music is very intense. And the subject matter, of course, is very intense. But you really do get a sense from you and your team that you are fundamentally good people doing good things. And that's why I think this show works. I would not recommend this if I did not think that it that it sensationalized this or it didn't work. I think this is a very important show and I hope you support this. Uh, you might not be able to binge this show because it is intense, but it is on once a week and you can stream it. You can watch it on ID, but I think RuPaul and her team are doing such amazing, amazing work and it really does give me hope for the future that there's people out there like you guys doing this. So thank you so much. Is there any way that like the, the audience can support you besides this show? Oh. How do we get involved if we need to? Yes. Um, well, SOSA is, we're a 501c3 nonprofit. We are, we work very efficiently on a shoestring budget. Um, and so if uh, your listeners are the type of people that uh, enjoy giving to nonprofits, I promise we'll, we use that money to uh, the best of our abilities. And again, like we translated $5,000 into six arrests. So we're, our track record's pretty good. Um, we're also on social. If you'd like to say hello, um, we also sometimes do calls for volunteers, and that is a really nice way for some people to. Um, uh, it's, it's nice to offer people a, a, something to be a part of that maybe heals part of something that they might have experienced yeah. when they were younger. Oh, and finally, I just now thinking about what you said earlier. What was the audition process like for the new decoys? Because you said they are actors. I mean, were you working with them individually, having to like warn them what they're going to experience and stuff like that? Because, like I said, I, I, you know, I was in like the office and how I met your mother, and that's way different auditioning than what I expect this is. I mean, what is that audition process like? Yeah. So we had um, a casting director handling like the original like the, yeah, yeah. the initial process and then I would go in and go okay look this is what it's like you can totally say no um but the people that we talk and and plenty of people said I can't do this and in fact when we hire at Sosa plenty of people are like you know what I I did the interview I love what you guys are doing I just cannot be around this material every single of day of course which we totally we totally respect and there are some that were just like no I'm I'm in it I want to help I and you know even just uh, forget all the all the work that we do aside from an acting perspective like they're like this is a great opportunity to um, like this is a, an amazing role to play yeah. Um, so yeah yeah it was I'm sure it's not the usual uh, audition process but it was um, yeah they're they were amazing yeah, no, the first two episodes, you guys, I was blown away by the decoy. So it, it really uh, amazing work, Rue. So great to talk to you again. Thank you for spending so much time with the audience today. And I really wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much, Ryan. Appreciate it. Betches.